Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. What is the use of that property and how should we classify it? Um, my wife and I, we are Airbnb entrepreneurs. It goes from 19% to 33%. And we are a small family business. Plus the commercial surcharge. We needed the buy-in from the platforms if we were ever going to enforce anything that we were going to do here. I do worry that it will squeeze out people like us that are just making a modest profit and, and survive. The intent is to you know treat these businesses just like we would treat any other business. Finding a place to crash a few nights in St. Louis is easy. A quick Airbnb or Verbo search yields nearly 500 spots within city limits that I could rent this very week. Now, finding one regulated by the city, one that's not run by an LLC or being juggled among multiple units by an absentee owner, that is not happening, at least not right now. St. Louis is currently one of the few municipalities in the region that doesn't regulate short-term rentals. But that could change. The Board of Aldermen is back in session, and short-term rental regulation is on the agenda. In the meantime, the city assessor's office has been trying to keep the owners of short-term rentals accountable. Here in studio to talk with us about that work and what it involves, we have the assessor for the city of St. Louis, Michael Dauphin. Michael, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me, Elaine. Now, Michael, we've mentioned platforms like Airbnb and Verbal, and these allow people to rent out their own homes and apartments. That doesn't make it a short-term rental, but when does that line get crossed? What is it that makes something a short-term rental? So what our office looks at is we're looking for non-owner-occupied um, single-family units that are available for rental for less than 30 days. Uh, 30 days is kind of like the legal threshold between a long and short-term rental. So when we're trying to identify these properties, we're, we're looking at the platforms and, and the ones that we're looking out for, ones that are non-owner occupied, meaning you know the owner isn't renting out one of the rooms for a night, they're renting out the whole unit, the whole residence, and, um, and for less than a 30-day minimum Period. stay. Okay. What problems do short-term rentals pose to the city? Well, I think the problems that it posed to the city have been pretty well documented in the press. I think there's some safety concerns. You know, when I, when I took this job, I didn't think I would be getting pulled into the public safety realm, uh, but but I have been, and, and I understand why. And um, and anything we can do to, to help with this issue, we've been eager to do. So I, I think the public safety issues, you know, what we have are a lot of absent owners, LLCs from out of state. Uh, when we look at them, there a lot of them are registered in Colorado, California, um, really anywhere. Uh, and these are, I mean, it might just be some hedge fund that, that that they have a, a real estate portfolio and, and you know, they, they test the market and if they determine they want to use it for short-term rental or for long-term or buy or sell, that's up to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but but what we see a lot of are absent owners who who are renting out the platform for the, the unit for, we'll just say, one night. Uh, and and from there, problems can, can certainly occur. Mm-hmm. 
I'd like to invite you into the conversation. What do you think should be done or not done to regulate short-term rentals and platforms like Airbnb? Give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpr.org. So you've mentioned the news. There have been in media these instances in which uh, the crime is connected to folks who are coming to stay, maybe just for one night, mm-hmm. to have a party or whatever it is. Are there any other examples of the way uh, that unregulated short-term rentals have created situations of concern sort of beyond downtown parties? Uh, yeah, actually, you know, parking is, is something that we get a lot of uh, comments and correspondence from taxpayers for, uh, you know, if if it, if it's having they're having a party, sometimes there will be too much parking. But it's not always a party. Sometimes uh, these units are being rented out to um, what I would say are kind of like transient workers, and and maybe they'll have a bunch of vans, like um, shipping vans, parked in the driveway uh, on a residential street. Um, you know, I, I think that causes some concern for some of the neighbors. A, you know, people like to claim all their parking in St. Louis, mm-hmm. uh, whether they own the street or not. But but also, I, I think there's just a concern about um, new neighbors coming in that are, that are kind of transient, that are coming and going, and they're not actually part of the neighborhood. I think that kind of throws a red flag to some concerned neighbors. And we do get correspondence about that, just about the, the parking situation and the traffic that comes with Uh, the coming and going uh, of some of these short-term renters. Mm -hmm. Michael, let's talk about your job as Mm -hmm. the assessor. Folks listening are most likely familiar with your office for its role um, in payment for personal property taxes or getting property assessed. Sure. What power or policies can the assessor, can you, deploy to regulate how property owners operate these kinds of units or uh, that's a good question lane um what we've done up until this point uh if you're considered a short-term rental we deem that that use for that property uh for, for business purposes so um you know one thing that we've been trying to do since when i took this job uh is to try to identify more of these short-term rental um units so one thing that we look at is, are you using this for a residence or using this for a business? In the case of somebody who's using it as a full-time short-term rental, we deem them using it as a business. So um, what we can do is we can reclassify that property from residential to commercial. And when that happens, uh, the tax rate goes from 19% for residential to 33% for commercial. So um, it doesn't – and then add on that, there's a commercial surcharge that goes with commercial classification. So it – equals out to almost double the tax bill. So it goes from 19% to 33% plus the commercial surcharge. So um, we try not to look at it as a punishment as much as what is the use of that property and how should we classify it. And Mm -hmm. when it comes to these short-term rentals that are being used full-time, we just think that they should be taxed like any other small business owner in the city of St. Louis who, you know, is being taxed as a business. Mm -hmm. So um, that's the major... uh, that's really the the major, if you want to call it a power that we have that that we can use to to try to curb these and and really, it's not trying to curb them as much as we're just trying to get it right. Right. Brian from Pacific, Missouri, is on the line. Go ahead, Brian. Welcome to St. Louis on the air. 
thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, my question is, I'm a local resident. Um, my wife and I, we are Airbnb entrepreneurs, and we are a small family business. Uh, I'm curious what the alderman is going to do to protect, you know, small family local businesses like ours, not hedge funds from Colorado, but families that are just trying to make a profit in a very crowded field in the city of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Brian, thank you. What do you say to that? Sure. Well, I, I just want to point out that I'm not their alderman. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't know if, if, if he's had this conversation with the, the alderman in whatever area they own these properties. But um, what I'm more here to call balls and strikes and just try to get it right. So uh, what I can tell you is there have been a lot of property owners like Brian who have reached out to our office who welcome regulation. Um, it's kind of the Wild West right now. There's, there's a lot of people that come into City Hall and they want to file all the proper paperwork. They want to get the proper permits and they want to do it right. Um, they just need a little bit of guidance. And, you know, there's multiple offices in City Hall uh, that you would need to deal with to check all these boxes to make sure you're doing it right. So, um, you know, it's encouraging we have the people like Brian out there and, and the good the, and it's the vast majority of the, the hosts are good hosts. And I don't think any of this is being put in place to try to squeeze out the little man or anything like that. I think the the intent is to try to keep it fair and to be treated, you know, treat these businesses just like we would treat any other business. And, you know, I think regulation on this issue, which, which you know, with the mayor's office and the board of aldermen are working together to introduce uh, legislation to address this. And I think the more regulation, the better. I mm-hmm. think it, it really rewards the the property owners that are doing this right. Right. And, um, and Brian, what has been your experience? I mean, does Pacific regulate short-term rentals, and is that where your properties are? You know, we have a property <clears throat> in the city. We also have one in Pacific. Um, and I will say it's, it's not as regulated um, in the city as it is in Pacific. Sure. But I will say that the city is very crowded. Um, I'm hearing about the 33% tax. I mean, I, I just know that, you know, a regulation is good in many ways, but I do worry that it will squeeze out people like us that are just making a modest profit and, and surviving. Right. Brian, thank you for calling. Now, this issue with short-term rentals isn't just being taken up by uh, the assessor's office, Michael. The city's legislative body, the Board of Aldermen, considered two bills earlier this year to regulate short-term rentals. Ward 4 Alderman Brett Narayan sponsored both of those bills, and he told our producer Danny Wisentowski that there's still work to be done. I knew that we were going to have to take into account three separate groups of people in order for the legislation to ultimately be successful. We were going to have to look at the residents overall of the city of St. Louis. We were going to have to look at short-term rental operators, and we were going to have to look at the platforms themselves. And the platforms themselves, uh, that's probably the most controversial part of it, but it's important to note that we needed the buy-in from the platforms if we were ever going to enforce anything that we were going to do here. That was word for Alderman Brett Narayan. Now, I should point out that the bills he introduced earlier this year did propose some specific changes, and they included a requirement for a permit to run a short-term rental, a ban on one-night stays, and restricting absentee owners to owning four units, as well as requiring them to get a business license. Alderman Narayan says he expects more changes and a new version of the bill. We're looking to, to get the feedback that we've had from the, from the public hearings 
and take the, the good ideas or, frankly, remove some of the bad ideas from the legislation and then introduce essentially a, a, a new bill uh, that's called a committee substitute that takes into account all of those those various changes. Uh, at the moment, we've been working on the committee sub, and uh, there's about 40 different changes from when it was initially introduced to where the bill sits at right now in committee. And that again was Ward 4 Alderman Brett Narayan. Michael Dauphin, as the city's assessor, you're not part of the legislative process. I mean, what is your take on what we've just heard? I think Alderman Narayan really hit the nail on the head. And I think, you know, all of his comments are, are well taken. And, and it's really encouraging for me and for my office to see the Board of Aldermen and the mayor's office work so hard and work so closely on this on this. It's robust and it's practical legislation. Um, I, I think it, we would welcome any kind of regulation we can get. You know, for example, you know, we, we have a, a few hundred short-term rentals that we have moved from residential to commercial classification, but we know there are so many more out there. Uh, currently, the process involves, it's it's not overly scientific at all. It just takes good old-fashioned internet sleuthing where we have <laughs> someone in our office who's literally getting on the, the formats, whether it's VRBO or Airbnb, uh, HomeAway or whatever, and going through each listing and trying to identify properties just based on the photos. Uh, so, you know, from there, if we can't identify it, we're using Google Maps. We're using, you know, the resources we're using are really no different than what anyone else would have. Um, and and if we need to, we'll actually go out and try to find the property on the street right. because a lot of them don't publish the address. So. so then I think that gets to to a question then about the platforms. And we heard Alderman Narayan talking about getting the platforms themselves involved. I mean, mm-hmm. do you agree with that? I, uh, yeah, of course I agree. And and hopefully the platforms, you know, our experience, the Airbnb folks came in last year at some point and we sat down with them and had a good, good discussion. Uh, typically, these regulations that are being proposed, I don't want to do all the speaking for Airbnb, but my experience was a lot of the, the terms that were, that were kind of pitched to them that were being considered for this legislation, they were fully in support of. So, you know, it, it's not a good look for the platforms when these problems pop off. So I think they're just as eager to address these issues as, as anyone. Mm-hmm. And so the, the cities need to get input from the companies. What is that? I mean, you, you've talked about how folks in your office are spending their time. Is that where it ends or what else is there? Well, I think this 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 legislation that they're trying to pass would address a lot of the issues. One thing, you know, I mentioned that we have, you know, under a few hundred that we have put on to commercial classification. Uh, Part of what this bill would do, um, it would enable the building division to hire a third-party vendor to, uh, there are different vendors that that identify these short-term rentals, um, and they have way more resources than we do in terms of identifying these properties. So I think just out of the gates, if this were to pass, we would have the software from the vendors to identify these so there's not so much good old-fashioned sleuthing and, and we're not out there on the streets. The, these vendors can actually identify the address and, and how many rentals. They get a lot of data. Having that data would be super helpful for mm-hmm. our office and for the city. Now, there are opponents to regulation. Um, the St. Charles City Council restricted short-term rentals last year, and 
approved about 80 applications, according to reporting by the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And this May, St. Charles regulated them even more strictly. And the city council froze all permits for one year, quote, to give the city more time to evaluate potential effects. What do you think about that kind of a moratorium? You know, I think... As with a lot of different issues, St. Charles, they're going to have different issues that we're going to have here in the city of St. Louis. Um, I'm sure they have plenty of applications, and and I wish we had applications. What we have right now, we can see some, we can see permits that are pulled and licenses. But um, from our perspective, I don't think anybody is trying to shut down short-term rentals from the city. We want this to be an option for travelers and local folks alike to have. There just needs to be more regulation. And I don't think shutting the whole thing down, I mean, the lawyer in me is not sure if that's legal (laughs) for one, Uh, Uh but, but I want it to be clear that the vast majority of these hosts and the people running these units, they're good local folks that are just trying to do it right. Um, so I think that, you know, by imposing these regulations, it actually benefits them uh, just as much as it could potentially, you know, some of them might see it as a, as a negative thing. Mm-hmm. Is there any danger in going too far? Well, yeah, I would think, you know, you'd run into some, some legal issues if you were to completely shut it down and tell somebody they can't use their property a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll let the legal department figure that out. Okay. (laughs) And just as a a final question here, how would passage of regulation change your work at the assessor's office in a way that would benefit city residents overall? Well, that's a good question. There are a couple of different ways. Um, The more regulation would would lead to us just having a better handle on where these units are. Uh, That would, you know, if they have to go through and apply for these permits all through, you know, with with the, right now there is no governance necessarily besides local police departments or whatever, but this would, uh, this bill would actually put some power into the the building commissioner's hands to have the ability to revoke these permits if the, if somebody's violating city laws or noise ordinances. And um, it could require these platforms to remove a listing if if they're deemed a problematic host or, mm-hmm. or rental. So there are a lot of positives that this legislation would bring, uh, and we welcome it for okay. sure. And what would be your best hope for when something like this could happen? You know, that would have been something to ask Alderman or Ryan. I don't, I know that they've, it sounds like they've introduced two different bills and now they're working on this subcommittee one that he had mentioned, Mm -hmm. uh, or the committee sub. So, you know, I would hope that they could have something with legs by the end of the year, but uh, that'd be a better question for the Board of Aldermen. (laughs) Michael Dauphin is assessor for the city of St. Louis. Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Elaine. This episode was produced by Danny Wissentowski. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.